0: Hey guys, this is Forever Collector, and we're here to talk Pokemon. Today, we have a very amazing guest on. His name is Zane, big time collector, OG, been around the block for a while. So we're gonna talk to him today. Hey, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm good, man, how are you?
0: Doing well, doing well. There's been a lot of snow here in Minnesota. Have you been in it yet? (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I've noticed. I've been checking the weather forecast. No, man, for us, it's actually pretty warm today. We're not expected to get snow till November, supposedly.
0: How How did you get into collecting and, uh, you know, uh, a business for yourself?
1: Um, those are two separate questions, to be honest. For the first part of it, which is how I got into it, um, I'd have to say I'd have the same story as everyone else, pretty much. Nothing special, uh. The, Uh, came out the game came out when I was younger we used to go to Walmart uh, beg our parents to buy us some packs Uh, we'd open the packs and honestly back then we didn't really know what to do with them Uh, we weren't even good at the game Um, it was it was new you know we were getting into it me and my brother all the kids in the neighborhood so we just buy them open them and we'd be like oh there's a card that has like a hollow type of pattern we think that was special you know, we were very young back then. They didn't really think about the monetary value or anything besides the fact that it's a new game. We like it. We want to try it out. The cards look cool. And we just, you know, collected them at that point. Um, for the second part of the question, as, a, uh, as I grew older, finished my education, so on and so on. Came back home. Um, I studied abroad in Europe when I came back here to uh, the U.S. Um I needed something to do as a side thing um, while I was doing my uh, medical studies, my residency, and so on. So I found my old collection, and I don't know. I kind of – the whole business thing kind of branched out from there as originally a side thing to do while I did my main part, which was the residency. So kind of – it was a spontaneous thing. It wasn't a planned thing, to be honest.
0: That's for sure. I'm sure that's uh, the case with a lot of – a lot of businessmen that you know became that because of
1: their collections yeah yeah i don't i don't know many people that decided to hey you know i'm just gonna do this out of nowhere i I really don't know many people right right. yeah yeah it was always based everyone i've talked to has been like oh you know I, i did this as a kid i liked this as a kid and from there it branched out
0: right so what's your favorite pokemon
1: Uh, My favorite Pokemon originally was Lugia, um, and then later on evolved to becoming Rayquaza. So now I mainly collect Rayquazas with Lugia as my second. Nice, nice. I feel like 99% of the answers that people give is Charizard nowadays, though.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm definitely uh, one of those people that's not really into Charizard. I'm more into Mewtwo and Metagross, for sure
1: i also i also remember you telling me once you like the legendary birds right
0: yeah those are uh uh because um of my hispanic heritage i uh always thought that it was clever that they named the legendary birds uh uno Dos, tres articuno zapdos and moltres
1: to be honest like i never picked up on that until you mentioned it to me once it was <laughs> clever because i never picked up on it until you told me
0: yeah there was uh, a really, really lot of cool things that uh the creators did when they were uh making the names for each pokemon in english versus in japanese they kind of had like a weird dual meaning to them
1: or you know some kind of i feel that i feel that i feel like the older stuff the original stuff uh they gave more thought to because it was more of a new thing and they wanted people to get into it and back then everyone was focused on science technology and you know progressing as a our intellectual behavior and so on whereas nowadays look at some of the new names and you're like i have no idea what that means that means nothing it's just a bunch of letters put together
0: right right yeah that's definitely you know i feel like it's they get to the end of the rope on their creativity part there's just so many pokemon at this point and there's so many 100%. different names and i think 100%. they uh with like the galarian stuff and uh uh alolan that was uh really interesting because you could just see that it, they have to come back to it and do that
1: yeah, yeah now they just have to go back to the old names and just add something a prefix or something before the name of some sort
0: right 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 i mean yeah, yeah well,
1: they're over they're over 800 pokemon now people are actually wondering like how long are they going to keep sustaining adding and adding more on it's just I don't know, man. Like, how many are, uh, like, we're talking future-wise, right? If we're looking at the future, like, how many possible extra names can they keep adding to this? It's, <laughs>
0: they're just going to start naming idea. them human names, David and John.
1: And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the next thing you know, they're going to be opening the dictionary up and just pulling out random words and be like, okay. Yep, this one's Molly Poppins. And... Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, so I was, how, um, oh, tell me. go ahead.
1: I was going to say, uh, you had a recent trip, uh, I believe, on uh, recently to, where Where did you go? California, was it?
0: Um, yeah, I did. I ended up going to uh, California, Los Angeles. It was a fun time. Met up with uh, a lot of collectors and sold some uh, old boxes and uh, bought a new box, actually. Hole in Phantoms, one of my uh, favorite oh, beautiful sets. Beautiful set. Beautiful yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Then the box art, it, it's got Mewtwo on it, so it's just, you know, number one.
1: Oh man, that is an amazing box to have. So before we get into like what you did there and and, uh, I want to ask you some stuff, how is it as a city? I've never been to Los Angeles. I want to go there one day.
0: It's actually, uh, it's really, really big. If you want to go anywhere, you're driving at least 40 minutes. Um, yeah, it's really, really, really big area. So if you want to go out to eat to dinner at a specific restaurant, you're having to drive that much or, um if you want to go like to the frankensons or to the airport it's all just so spread afar apart from each other and um i'm sure it's going to be a little bit better but uh when i went there was uh, big time forest fires so there was oh, like yeah, a lot of smoke in the air and then uh i think it was over by riverside you could actually see like some of the fire glow it was interesting
1: So me and you are more towards the central U S right. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so going to the West coast, how did you see the collector market there? How did you see the the hobby in that area? It's
0: way bigger. I mean, Chicago is kind of big where you're at. Um, there's a lot of shops and a lot of tournaments and stuff like that. Um, Minnesota is kind of laid back in terms of that. There's not huge communities that are meeting up actually, you know, um, you were there when I tried to do that last year and bring some of the people remember, that were in Minnesota. Uh um, nice LA season. is crazy. There's it was nice. so many collectors, it's insane. Like I busted out my box one time at the Frankincense show and I got offered like 15,000 cash two different times. And That was back in September, of course the market's has risen, but
1: Oh, yeah. It was the crazy. The market right now is a, is, a whole different, uh, is a whole different monster compared to September and August.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. September was, it, it seems like playtime compared to now.
1: Let's discuss that for a little bit. I've been curious about your opinion on it. So, there are two trending uh, uh, theories, let's say, that's uh, been <coughs> roaming the, the Pokemon community nowadays. The first being that, you know, this is just a hype. This is something that's going on now. Um, it'll die out and so on and so on. The second one is that, you know what? This should have happened a long time ago. The fact that modern stuff was priced at higher value than stuff from 1999 and 2000 has, was just an insane thing in itself. Right. So what do you think? Which one of the two theories do you lean more towards?
0: Um, I think uh, it's definitely been a long time coming. Uh, for the community and for people's collections to actually be recognized as uh, like fine pieces of art because this is a, a extremely finite resource, especially sealed product and when you get the chance to look at that you really you really see why there's value there And so I, I wish everybody could see and hold a sealed box in their hands so then they can understand fully why this market has gone completely bonkers in the last few weeks um, compared to the last few years.
1: You know, I have a theory about it as well, right? Uh, I could be wrong, but again, it's called a theory until proven wrong. Um, I believe that with the most recent openings and the recent uh, streamers that have been uh, going into Pokemon product, right, with them having all those millions and millions of followers, Pokemon, which wasn't quite understood, or I don't want to say understood, it wasn't quite spread to the far reaches of the of the globe, has just uh, had that happen to it. Right. People have been contacting me from India, from Peru, from Argentina, like all yep. over the world. I've been shipping people, more to
0: Australia than ever before.
1: Exactly. Like most people, international people have been contacting me more than people here back home. So I feel like what happened was all these people outside that didn't actually know what was happening have now been informed of the market and supply and demand kicked in. I think supply and demand did did its course.
0: Definitely. And well, we also see, you know, the last two years um, with, I I can't even put into numbers how many box uh, boxes were broken and will never be more. And so when, you know, you can sell a box, A million times but you can only break it once and when we see down the line further and further that these uh collectors that's what they're going for is sealed product and these sealed boxes um they're they're met with a really really big waiting list because there's a lot of people right behind them wanting the same thing
1: no i agree completely i agree completely and on the topic of supply and demand we mentioned earlier um if you noticed example the hyper rare charizard at one point from burning shadows was all, is that like $3000 right yep whereas whereas base set at that same time period was still around like five, 500 600 uh, in a 9 or so graded wise and you would be like what's happening here why is this card printed in 2018 19 almost four times the value of the original charizards printed from you know by watsi and base set and it made no sense you know until until it kicked in that people internationally knew about the modern market because it was being spread everywhere. You know, uh, Pokemon international ships to Europe, it ships right. to the globe. But whereas the Watsir never did, but with more and more um, public figures and so on joining the scene with their followers now being exposed to this yep. supply and demand instantly kicked in and prices have just gone bonkers.
0: Yeah. It's really, it's really crazy to say um, that You could dust off your collection in your closet and change your life. That is that's really, really amazing to say that Pokemon has come to this point where you can literally go into your closet, find your childhood collection and become able to put a hundred thousand dollar down payment on a house.
1: Yeah, you know, let's not even take it that far. You know, you can buy that wedding ring you want to get married with. Yep. You can buy you can buy a car. Like let's you know, let's imagine the guy that has just a few things that they're still exactly. worth it. Everything, exactly. is worth it. And Everything is worth it. Everything is worth yeah. it. It's
0: life changing money at this point. A few years ago, when I got into it, it was it was life changing money, but it wasn't nearly as crazy as now. One box, you know, two years ago I could find for twenty five hundred, and now I can't find for less than twenty five thousand.
1: No, that's, that's 100%, insane. 100%. So do I'm, not, you think, I'm not upset uh, either.
0: I'd still pay twenty five thousand.
1: One hundred percent, one <laughs> hundred percent. Because um, so you believe that the market will hold and it will keep growing. Oh yeah. You don't you don't agree with the theory that some people have that it's just you know an event and it's just gonna die out.
0: Well, I mean you can you can say that as much as you want, but even before any of these influencers or big names that got in. To the pie they pokemon was already heading up in that trajectory um in early february i think is when it started to take its climb and it was a really really big leap just then and then now it's september october you're seeing the outcome of all these other people that you know wanted to get into it finally getting into it
1: i agree i agree and uh, it's it's just taken a lot of forms between YouTube, between now Pokemon uh, box breakers going all over Twitch, yep. and now they're sh- now they're streaming because of the new Facebook uh, live program. Now they're streaming on live Facebook as well. So it's just now they're taking advantage of all the facilities they have at their disposal, and it's just it's growing, it's growing. And I don't I also don't believe that um, the market will go back to the way it was. I don't know how Never. high it will get. I do believe everything everything no matter what in business has a plateau but i don't think it will it will have a downward one anytime soon
0: yeah and if it does it's only gonna be because some giant person that nobody knows came out of the market with a ton of product but i think the demand will always be more that they will gobble that collection up like it was a light
1: oh 100 100 before before all this happened like this recent uh, events happened we were competing mainly with people within the U.S. Mm. Now you're competing with ten billion people around the world. Well, technically, uh, the collectors between these ten billion people, but now you're competing with the rest of the world, right? And me and you uh, feel that uh, firsthand because, as we mentioned it earlier, most of the people we've been dealing with have been internationals over the past month. Yep, yep. I've I've li- I've literally shipped more international than national over the past month, and it's just it's insane. I you know I I didn't agree with the. Uh, I didn't believe in what I was told originally that, hey, market's going to explode. I didn't quite believe it. But when I noticed my own sales being uh, dominantly internationally, I just, I I can't deny the facts.
0: Right. Yeah, there was a a lot. There's a lot there. Um, I didn't quite believe it myself uh, just because I liked all this stuff. Before, it was crazy expensive. I was buying boxes and just, opening them all to myself and pulling every single pack and now it's it's come to a point where i'm just looking at it and appreciating it for what it is because now realize that this is a crazy finite resource and there's no there's no more coming out like the population of the psa 10 charizard can only go up can never go down right but with the population of Sealed boxes, it can only go down. It can never go up.
1: Correct. So correct. no, you're on point with that. It's,
0: you're gonna see. I feel like soon, uh, a leveling out with some of the best cards in the sets and uh, the the box itself. And you're gonna see the box sell for astronomical numbers.
1: I feel you, brother. I remember right before COVID hit us. I was about to make a deal for myself um, for the personal collection on a base set Charizard and I lost the deal to someone that paid 1800 for it. Now the numbers are, I don't even know what to tell you. Like last time I checked, people were telling me it was going for over 20 at this point. And I'm just like, wow, wow. That's like that stock market type of thing. Like it's insane.
0: Yeah. It's really, really, really interesting. Um, definitely i think it's doing better than the stock market to be honest like the people on Wall yeah, Street can't probably. get these kinds of returns like i said i, I could buy a box uh, base box for 2500 and now i can't find a less for 25000 that's 10 times in 2 years
1: yeah, that's insane that's, that's insane
0: that's a really that's so, a really so big leap
1: so here, i have a question do you think this uh this phenomenon or whatever we're going to be calling it do you think it's focused mainly on Watsy, or do you think it might transcend that and go to the later sets as well?
0: Um, I will be honest. I think it's going to be mainly focused on Watsy, just because Watsi is what everybody knows. Um, Watsi is the most popular. Uh, most kids that were into Pokemon were only into Pokemon during the Watsi series, specifically Gen 1. I think uh, half my friends or more dropped off when Gen 2 came out uh you know stop playing the pokemon games and the card games that were done but i was still into it um but so that, yeah. that's just where i'm at is that i think a lot of the a lot of the people will have to get educated um on what is actually you know rare and what's just scarce right because a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily rare because it was printed to a bolivian but now it's scarce, so it still commands premium.
1: Yeah, a lot of people uh, don't really understand the difference of why this card is worth that much when it's just an, like a normal card, right? And they don't they don't quite comprehend the scarcity of the matter.
0: Right. Some and-
1: car- examples, some of the PSA tens. You look at the price and you're like, "Wow, insane! Why is it so high?" Right. But even though it's a normal card, well, it's because probably there's less than ten or fifteen of them in a ten, for example a lot of uh, new people coming into the hobby don't really know those small details. Right. Right.
0: And it's uh, just going to take some more education, Um, these bigger people. um, And I think it's just an evolution of the collector because uh, I I dropped out, you know, mid-EX era. So, like, I only knew a few of the gold stars. I didn't really, you know, that's when I, like, switched over to Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. And so... When I first got into Pokemon, I was going after the sets from when I was a little, little kid. The ones that I couldn't afford, and that was uh, the base set, Fossil and Jungle. And so that's what I mainly focused on when I first got into the hobby. But then I quickly realized how vast and how huge the Pokemon TCG actually is. And what's really crazy is... Not a lot of people would understand why uh, a trophy Kangaskhan goes for seventy five thousand.
1: Yeah, because yeah. it's a
0: Kangaskhan, um, and that's just where education is going to come into play. Just like the University Magikarp and the Tropical Beach, a lot of people don't know anything about those cards, but they're extremely, extremely rare and valuable. And so I think that it's just going to take more, more time within the hobby. A lot of these people are going to be like, "Oh, okay." Watsi is really cool. Let's see what else is out there. Let's see what other kind of arts there are for my favorite Pokemon, right?
1: Yeah, and to be honest, one of the things I love about the Pokemon community, um, which I don't find in a lot of others, because I do also meddle in uh, Magic the Gathering a little bit and very little in Yu-Gi-Oh here and there. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I like is the diversity in the type of collectors we have. We have right. people that simply will buy a card because they like the Pokemon. We have people that only go for, you know, high-end, rare, very scarce products. Yep. Uh, and we have people that literally just want to complete sets and they'll just buy every Pokemon in that set completely. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just, it's really... just so many different people, man.
0: Yeah. I was uh, I was talking to one of my friends. Um, he has one of the crazy... He has, uh, like, two of the Daisuki rolls and... He's, his collection of slabs is just insane, right? But it's so funny because you get your sealed product collectors and you get your high-end slab to collectors together, and they awe in each other's collection because they're like, oh, look at all those sealed boxes you have. And then that guy's like, oh, look at all these PSA 10s that you have, right? And it's it's a really fun thing, I think, when all these other pieces of the hobby come together to express what they like because there's people who only collect misprints, like only,
1: that's it. And- 100%. Just the other day, there was someone that showed me a, a miscut base at Charizard, and I'm like, I honestly don't know what this is going to go for or what it's worth nowadays. So yep. we, but there's people who one the one buckets for it. Yeah, one of the mods that are run my group uh, redirected him to a misprint Facebook group. Oh, okay. And he threw it. And he threw it up on auction on that group, and I think it hit way over a thousand dollars. I didn't even follow how high it got. That's after I hit the one thousand. I'm like, oh my god, because dude was originally thinking of selling it for like two, three hundred.
0: Right. Yeah. There's 100%. there's a lot uh, there's a lot to uh, learn in this hobby. I think a, a lot.
1: There's so much. So what more. would you say is uh, one of your, or what is in your opinion your most prized? doesn't have to be value wise but what is your the most prized item in your pokemon collection for you at least
0: um i i wouldn't say an item i would say a set uh deoxys um is like my favorite set and i've i own more products that are specifically tied into that set than anything else
1: okay i have like the the
0: store displays i have the collector's boxes i have the blisters i have um what else do i have i have a lot of the cards from the set um a lot of them in psa 10 and that's about it but not a lot of other people that own a box also own the store display for that set right so i'm pretty proud of that
1: i remember when you acquired that
0: yeah, I, was, I got it for an amazing deal, too. I was super happy with it. He could have charged me yeah, three times and I still would have paid it.
1: <laughs> and that's another thing about Pokemon uh, collectors as well. Not everyone is there to always sell for just, uh, you know, specific prices or prices others tell them to. Some people just want to sell for what they want to sell.
0: Yeah. I think it's you know. cool because I try to do that as much as possible where I can help out another collector who's trying to complete something for themselves. And uh, that's that's like the the best feeling because when I was doing that, I was at the mercy of everybody else, you know, wanting to sell to me or, you know, give me the last of their something because I'm, I don't know, I really like a lot of different things. And so I, lately I've been trying to focus more on just sealed product and sealed boxes um instead of as many slabs that I own because I own a lot of PSA 10s as well um of some of my most favorite cards and there's just like I said there's just so much that one can collect it kind of can get overwhelming at some point but it's so much fun because there's products that you will never see again and some of the rarest ones are the blisters not even the boxes um, some blisters are collector's boxes where it's got like two or three four packs in it um, they they don't exist rarely anymore you, i i know of one um blister it's got the deoxys pack in it i've I, I think i only know of like five other in existence and i know every owner of them so it's
1: there it, yeah As you said before, uh, things being scarce here is the main concern. It doesn't matter if uh, you value something at one point or another. It's the ability to obtain it that matters, in my opinion. Right, right. right. Yes, uh, this thing could have the value of this set price, for example. But can you get it? Where can you get it? Who's willing to give it to you? And that determines the market, supply and demand, basically, as we said.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's a... It's really interesting because the, the prices kind of got hyped right at the end of September. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest auction houses on eBay, PWCC, they do huge, huge Pokemon auctions. And the one that they have up now that's ending next Tuesday is crazy.
1: I saw it, man. I saw it. And I was thinking of jumping on a few things, but I still, um, I don't know. I don't uh, know.
0: The hype is really, really reflecting itself within that auction, though I think, and that's really. And interesting.
1: I, 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 and I'm pretty sure if, if somehow I could get in there and see who's bidding, I'd probably I I don't want to bet on it or like give a guarantee, but I'm I'm almost fifty percent sure there is a lot of internationals this time.
0: Yeah, but probably, probably, and a few. Lots of internationals. A few people, uh, a few famous people, or influencers, or whatever you want to call them. I'm sure, and on this auction too, because it's really the people with that type of disposable income that can drive a market to, you know, the sky. And so,
1: so player, yeah. Oh, as we used to say, you only need two people to want something in an auction for it to go crazy, right?
0: Right, right, exactly,
1: exactly. You don't need more than two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, we just got to keep following it, keeping our eyes open um i used to be like you in the aspect where i used to collect mostly sealed but if you've noticed over the past year i've diverged from sealed and just stuck with uh slabs yep i moved my collection towards uh slabs yeah so i've just been i've just been holding on to as many slabs as i can and um i'm i'm hoping that market stays the way it is or improves
0: yeah, that's – I and it's – what's nice, though, is that a lot of my collection um, I purchased a couple years ago. So the market could completely fall in half, and I wouldn't care because I, I love it, and it's, it's still worth something to me.
1: 100%, man. Well, I think you made a post the other day on your Instagram that said um, – doesn't matter what you have, as long as you love what you have, it's all that matters. Yep. I think you said uh, like that?
0: I, no. The quote was, uh, it "Doesn't matter if your card is worth one dollar or ten thousand dollars. Every card's special, and it deserves respect."
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I I kind of uh, understood the meaning you were trying to say, and you uh, you were on point. That's uh, it's a very nice way to look into it.
0: Yeah, I try to, I try to like you know, think that way, uh, so I can bring it to other people and they can think that way because that's definitely important for the the health of the community and the hobby itself. Because if, if people really don't love this and aren't really into this for the love of collecting Pokemon, then it's really, you see where, you know, their intentions lie because their actions speak louder than their words. For sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, man. Um, and me and as well as a lot of other collectors I know, we do sell a lot of stuff, but we take a chunk of what we sell every single sale and we just dump it back into the hobby. Whether buying uh, more product, more slabs, more boxes, more anything, we dump it right back in there. That's
0: the only reason why I uh, started selling is so I could pay for the rest of my collection and I have to feel so bad about spending so much money all the time.
1: 100%. 100%. I've seen people every now and then being like, "If you're a true collector, you shouldn't be selling." Well, I'm sorry to say, but with the way the prices keep going up and up and up, unless you have some kind of like insane <laughs> stable income, you kind of have to sell a little bit to get what what the other stuff you want. It's just-
0: exactly, and I think that you know any anything that you want to do, I think you should have the ability to sustain itself, so you don't have to spend your own hard-earned money. To- Continuing on to something that you know isn't working on itself, at least
1: 100%. 100%.
0: I definitely, uh, definitely like the time that we put in on this uh show, it's uh, been 30 minutes. Um, if you want to stop though, we can definitely stop. I think that's uh, enough footage that we, yeah, need. I think that's
1: good. Or that's a good uh, first podcast and you can just crop this last part out.
0: <laughs> right. Well, shit man, it was uh it was a fun awesome talking to you. Uh thank you for coming on to the show and I am excited to see where you take your collection next.
1: Um I appreciate it man. Thank you for having me and I can't wait for the next road trip we take. Hopefully that is right. COVID will be over soon and we'll be free to roam again.
0: That is right. Have a good night.
1: Okay, man. You too. Bye.
0: And that was Zade with Pokemon Hidden Leaf in the Mart. And we are Pokemon Podcast. You have a good night, guys.